Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 48, where Bedlam reigns. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Mr. Ross McQueen. Good evening, brothers and sisters, and welcome to the Church of the Air. And to my right, Mr. Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. What? 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 <laughs> I've been watching. Uh, I've been watching a bit of Carnivale. Ah. And that's Brother Justin's. Uh, Brother Justin's. There's more. I am Brother Ross, and although we are alone in the studio, we can sense your presence. You are with us, and we are with you. Don't don't waste them all on one episode, Ross. No, that, that was That's, it. Okay, okay. Mm. okay. Coming up in uh, this episode of Box Cutters, we have, as always, a bunch of news. We've got Ryan Shelton, star of, well, co-star, he would say, of the new series Real Stories, starting kind of this week-ish on Channel 10. He'll be in for a chat. Uh, we've, uh, it's, it's just starting this week, isn't it? Where does, where does the issue come from? Well, uh, because does our week start on Thursday? Does a box cutters week start on Thursday? Yeah, that's true. I guess a box cutters week starts whenever you download it and or listen to listen to it. And yes, I imagine most people would have listened by Tuesday, but I could be wrong. And so this week it actually started a day late because it went. Yeah, because I fell asleep <laughs> and forgot to post it up. So it wasn't a day late. It was like nine hours does this, late. Does this mean we should be recording on Wednesday? No. To, to, to fix the space-time <laughs> to, no. continuum? Or does it only... It doesn't matter when it goes onto the internet. It matters when we record. I don't, you know what? It, all, all it means is I can't be trusted. <laughs> Speaking of recording, what a, what a brouhaha there's been at the station here at Triple R uh, who are having their annual Radiothon right now, 93881027. If you wanted to subscribe to support community radio in there's, Melbourne. There's an 03 but, in front of uh, that. Well, if you're interstate and a, a 613 if you're international. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. there's but, no, uh, see, there's no 03 if you're in Tasmania. Yes, there is. No, there isn't. It'll work. You can just dial straight. It'll work. It, it'll work, but you don't need it. Are we sharing numbers with Tasmania? Yeah, we are. I'm not happy about that. Well, you know. I think we might pick up something. That's, that's what Fred Federation sharing is all about. Sharing numbers like that. We're also going to uh, have a review of the Channel 7 quiz show, The Master. It's Channel 7? The, the Master. Master. The, yep, it's Channel 7. The Master. Actually, by the time you're listening to this, it might not <laughs> be anymore. <laughs> we don't want to jinx it like we did with uh, Renee. No, Yasmin. That had so much potential. We're going uh, to talk about a new show that's coming up on television called Seinfeld. No, 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 no. no? You're mistaken. We're going to talk about Seinfeld, but that's an old show. People oh, probably have seen it. Right. Uh, we've got some quotes and, of course, strangely compelling content. But, as we always do, going to kick things off with the Box Cutters News. And now for the news. Can you believe that 24 was half our episodes ago? (laughs) Yes, yes I can now. You know how a few weeks ago for episode 45 you said it's five times better than episode nine i'm willing to bet that this is twice as good <laughs> as episode 24 i i think that's an easy bet to make although episode 24 just looking through the archives was when the term pepsi olympics was coined so that uh, was pretty good is uh, is that what is that all we have in the box cutters news it's gonna be a really <laughs> short show no that's not all. hey some sad news out of hollywood bruno kirby died 
he was apparently recently diagnosed with leukemia. Oh. And he was in his mid-50s. People would know him probably best from film where he was... When uh, Harry Met Sally? When Harry Met Sally. And he's the uh, the friend. And, and City, City Slickers. Slickers. Both times playing Billy Crystal's sidekick. Uh, I think Harry Met Sally most well remembered as the one who liked the ugly wagon wheel table. Yes. Uh, and, but recently on television, uh, his most recent appearance in anything was in Entourage. Yes. Where he played creator of Shrek. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a, a, a sad loss yeah. to the industry. He's a, yeah. a great comic actor. Yeah, very funny. So and that is very sad. Uh, but, you know, with, with every ending, there is a beginning. And Hugh Jackman has just announced he's starting a production company. <laughs> that's... That's so lame. That's the first of my lame segues. <laughs> Something's gone wrong with your links. If, if, if you've got a good I link. didn't even notice that was a segue. <laughs> if, if you've got a good segue, send it to us at hooray at Boxcutters. Yeah, please, please, because I'm really getting short on them. Hugh Jackman and his wife, or wife partner, which I like better than life partner. Right. <laughs> uh, Deborah Lee Finesse uh, have started their own uh, production company called... Seed Productions, mm-hmm. and uh, they're uh, they're announcing a, a new deal with uh, 20th, 20th Century Fox and Foxtel. Mm-hmm. Uh, strangely, Hugh Jackman already has a deal with Foxtel. He's on every bloody Foxtel ad there mm-hmm. is. Uh, it's going to include a ten part chat show that's going to screen on Foxtel called the Directors Series, in which Finesse is going to interview a number of directors. And so kind of like the Actors Studio, but for directors. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so. Ho- hopefully that, that would be good. They're, they're yep. an interesting pair, and I think mm-hmm. they're both very talented, so hopefully something good will come of that. Yeah, and Foxtel gets first looks, don't they, at, at anything they create? I believe so. News from Boxcutter's favourite former game show host Ian Turpy was happy to be part of a deceitful advertisement a federal court judge says uh, he spruced a nasal spray for the advanced medical institute uh, which was supposed to cure impotence or erectile dysfunction mm-hmm. um, and uh, the AMI has been had had legal action launched against them by the ACCC uh, the federal court was told Turpy never used AMI spray to treat impotence or erectile dysfunction and that the interview, which was cited in the ad, never actually took place. Uh, now, the, sorry, the can, judge, I just, can I just stop you there? This is, this is a bit of a dodgy area, surely, for advertising. Like, are we, are we supposed to believe that advertisers like or are interested in or use all the products that they're spruiking? Do, no, we, do we have to believe that Kieran Perkins is obsessed with milk, for example? No, but these ads were actually saying that he, he personally used them. Well, the Kieran but, Perkins ads say that Kieran Perkins loves milk. Yeah, and he writes his name on it. We don't know that for sure. All I know is that he's written his name on my milk. <laughs> he doesn't mention that in the ad. But it, it, it's a bit of a grey area. I mean, nobody watches adverts going, oh, you know, I'm sure Georgie Parker's really very keen to know what brand of whatever product degrade celebrity uses like i mean it's 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 a dicey area i think it does lisa McCune still do her own shopping at coles exactly good point these are questions that need answers (laughs) why isn't the accc going against McCune? why not because she's our lisa that's why not whereas terps 
Well, let's just throw him out with the bathwater. The judge accepted evidence from the Turpies <laughs> that while Mr. Turpy no longer had the sexual desire that he had had when he was a young man, he was able from to achieve turpies. an erection when he desired, and he did not suffer from impotence or erectile dysfunction. Is there more than one of them? Uh, <laughs> and Turpy and his wife, and I his believe, wife. that's talking oh, about. Oh, I see, I see. When he desired and sometimes when he didn't desire? Is that... <laughs> Oh, oh, it doesn't, doesn't go into it that. doesn't go into that that no. much detail. No. Uh, we mentioned a, a couple of weeks ago that uh, in uh, Rockstar Supernova news, mm-hmm. which is the story that that gave us Supernova, uh, the band formed in 1989 named Supernova are suing uh, the supergroup Supernova with the uh, Rockstar show, and uh, Variety reports this week that uh, they've actually. They've actually upped the claims and put a temporary injunction on the uh, on CBS and Mark Bennett Productions using the name Supernova. Really? They were apparently in negotiations. Negotiations were just taking way too long, and the band decided to just put a temporary injunction. I don't know how that's going to play. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I can't wait to see what happens. And the court, the court granted the injunction. Uh, it's, uh, it's happening at the moment. So I think they're, they're hearing pleas for the injunction at the moment. So maybe there'll be a bit of a hiatus for uh, the TV series. Maybe, or maybe it'll just be Rockstar, Gilby Clark, Tommy Lee, and Jason Eustead. <laughs> Panova. <laughs> if they'd only listened to us, they could have, they could have had this problem sorted weeks ago. I know! Yeah. I know! Box cutters, troubleshooters. And uh, Jason, you said, if, if you're listening, you're my favourite out of that group. Oh, he's, he's just hilarious. Really? He cannot hide his disgust at some of the acts. <laughs> he, he just has no way of, of hiding it. And sometimes they don't even let him talk because it's obvious that he's just going to say, you know what, get out now. <laughs> the creators of The Muppets and Sesame Street are staging a puppet show that is strictly for adults. At this year's Edinburgh Fringe Festival, led by the late Jim Henson's son, Brian, they do an improvisational show. They do two shows a day, one during the day for the kids and another when the air turns blue at night, where they take, uh, they take ideas from the audience for what they'll actually improvise. Uh, apparently, the Americans are more action-oriented and they wanted to see the puppets beating each other up and the British audience are more intellectual. They like to see it sick and twisted, but in an intellectual way. And some of the sick and twisted is uh, depicted there, which oh, you can see in the video podcast right now. That's disgusting. So I'm holding up a, a very busty Miss Piggy. Yes. Letting it all hang out. <laughs> yes. Uh, I had a quote from Brian Henson uh, somewhere in... Uh, uh, Brian Henson talks about uh, what his dad would have thought of all of this says, I think he would have loved it because of how outrageous I get. My dad really believed in community and sweetness, but the other side of him was incredibly naughty. He always said the only reason we did this was those moments where, where it is like laughing in church. It becomes so infectious, you cannot stop laughing. And uh, it's important to remember as well, that the Muppets did start on an adult television show way, way, way back when. And they did weren't... They? Yeah, yeah, they did. They went, I don't know about the story. Tell us. Uh, you know what? I don't have the exact details. But it wasn't the Tracy Ullman show. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no. this is uh, back in, uh, in black and white. when uh, Strange G- Parallels. Yeah, when Jim Henson started doing the, the Muppets and then uh, Children's Television Workshop. Yep. 
brought them on board to do Sesame Street. And that's how they became a kid's thing. But Jim Henson was always interested in doing adult comedy, which is another reason why adults could watch Sesame Street so much because a lot of the jokes, the Burton Ernie jokes and the Grover jokes, a lot of them were adult-orientated jokes. Uh, just a, an interesting bit of uh, bit of history. And just last week we got to see Big Bird on the West Wing, on uh, yeah, yeah. the ABC's showing of them. And and anyone who's seen Elmo on, on Rove, where Elmo really gets to bring out his uh, his true personality, not just his three-and-a-half-year-old personality, you can see that uh, you know there's still a little bit of adult content there for mm. everyone. Mm. Hey, uh, CBS has announced that uh, it is going to... It's funding a new exorcism drama from Barbara Hill. Barbara Hill is the creator of Joan of Arcadia and one of the creators of Judging Amy. Great. So, um, well, that's a win for bland television. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Oh, how, how can you make exorcism boring? Yeah. yeah. We're going to find out. Yes, and, and fundamentalist. Yes. I'm guessing. Well, yeah, it's, it's, you know, Joan of Arcadia was quite a religious show. Uh, apparently, all uh, it, it all finishes with the, the girl or guy who has been exercised in that episode getting up and giving a little lesson about what they've learned and how glad they are that they're not possessed by the devil anymore. Oh, it's, a pity, it's a pity these American production companies are ripping off ideas from John Safran. <laughs> it is a pity. While, while we're on uh, CBS News, CBS are about to start streaming primetime content. Uh, the uh, unit of CBS Corp already sells downloads of episodes from iTunes Music Store mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it's supported... Uh, it's launched an advertising-supported online channel called InnerTube, and they're going to stream programming created just for the web, mm-hmm. uh, as well as uh, some shows. Starting next month, uh, they'll be streaming episodes of the new show Jericho, which we mentioned uh, a few weeks ago. Which as, is the one that's starting here at the same at time, the same time. On Channel 10 and looks very interesting. As well as uh, episodes of CSI, CSI Miami, CSI New York, CSI New Orleans, CSI Richmond, CSI Forest Hills. I'm, look, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to CSI Richmond, not uh, so much CSI Forest Hills. Num Threers and Survivor. Oh, okay. Now are we going to be able to get <laughs> that in is. are we going to be able to get that in Australia or do we have to do Brett's fancy? I think you're going to have to I think you're going to have to do Brett's fancy. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Which is how it's going to be known throughout the internet from now on. Brett's fancy. Brett's fancy. <laughs> I like my fancy. <laughs> An airship equipped with a giant television that viewers can watch more than a kilometre away will float over Sydney. Uh, it's, it will complete its maiden voyage on Friday night. That's tomorrow night because we're recording this on Thursday night, the 17th of August. Mm-hmm. Uh, over Sydney Harbour at about 6pm, having departed Melbourne last week. So it's taken them a week to fly it up. So if you were driving up to Sydney, you could watch the channel the whole way? I suspect like they didn't it... actually have it turned on. Oh, really? Six o'clock tomorrow night might be the turn on uh, moment. Uh, right. And how long is it going to be up there for? Uh, no information on that. Uh, and, and what's the point of it? It's called the Holden Airship. So maybe it's just going to be car ads. Why, why would you have a, a giant TV in the sky? Well, well, why would you predict ads onto the moon? Here's another idea I, that's been... I don't know. Here's an maybe, interesting maybe thing. Maybe they're just building up there. <laughs> I saw something similar, maybe it was having a test run, over Melbourne about a week ago. Maybe a week and a half ago. I think that was the crack. 
No, seriously. <laughs> they they must have been doing doing a test run because I saw this giant Holden ad in the sky and it looked like it was being to me, it looked like it was between two aeroplanes, but it was at night, obviously, so I couldn't see. Oh, like the screen was running. Yeah, yeah, the oh screen, the screen was running, and it was, you know what? It was either too far away, or just a really shit idea. But it was almost impossible to read. All I could make out was that it was some Holden shit. Okay, let me give you some figures. It's going to be filled with uh, approximately five million liters of helium. Holden says it's the first airship in the world to have such a screen, which is twenty-one point three meters wide by nine point one meters tall. And as I've already pointed out, the size of the screen doesn't matter if you're really far away. But that's not... It's a television screen, but there's going to be no television content on it. It's just advertising. Probably. It's... Uh, but what, what are they going to do? Show The Simpsons? Yes! <laughs> yes, I'd can, stay can out... Can you imagine the amount of crashes you'd have? Actually, oh, I love this... Ep- so they'll, they'll be able to have, on, on New Year's Eve around the harbour, have, have the, the telecast of the fireworks over the harbour. <laughs> <laughs> or you can get that visual feedback happening if the, if the camera's on the, on the spaceship <laughs> while, while it's showing that feed. I, uh, you know, it, people who know me will know that I don't get outside a lot. Oh, yeah. I, I like inside. Uh-huh. But if there was a giant floating screen showing The Simpsons... I'd go outside for that. You know what I reckon they should do? They should project an image of uh, some sort of alien spacecraft and pretend like they're landing, <laughs> freak everybody out. Oh, I would love like that. How good would that be? That would be great. Yeah. Quick, what's Holden's number? <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't think that's television. Brett, give us something about television. Uh, Star Sunday presenter Yana Vent. I've just... Is it Yana Vent? No, it's Vent. It is Vent. I I just had this mental (laughs) blank and I thought, oh my God, I've screwed that up. That was the crack. A a a few years ago, it would have just been Yana. Yeah, true. Yana Vent could be axed within weeks with the Nine Network believed to be considering a double act to host the program. Uh... That. Are they thinking Jessica Rowe and Carl Stefanovic? <laughs> no, they're thinking network favourite Alan Fanning and business journalist Ross Greenwood. I would say they're, they're both good choices, I think. Oh, not according to Robert Fidgen during the week. Oh, I should have read his Well, article. you know, Robert Fidgen's not the head of PBL, but they no, are favourites of John Alexander, who is. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ellen, Ellen Fanning's a, a great journo. Uh, and I, I think that would be interesting to see. I, for me, I really haven't watched Sunday since Yana took it over. I think it's it's kind of lost a bit of its charm, if, if and, you could call it that. And is this Channel 9 just saying, Koshy's a finance reporter, let's get a finance reporter? Well, I think uh, I think Robert Greenwood was uh, has no job since Business Sunday's gone. So uh, maybe... Maybe it's because of that. I don't. I don't know. But they've. Uh, but Maguire and, and other network heads have been a bit suspect about not coming out and supporting uh, Yana after the whole um, affidavit brouhaha. Network heads uh, are they just heads in a jar like in mm, Futurama? Yep. Ooh. Yep. Wow. Cool. So it's Eddie and just surrounded by all these heads in jars. Speaking of which, China will ban foreign cartoons on primetime television in a bid to protect the domestic animation industry. The ruling Communist Party is worried about the effect of foreign pop culture on the minds of the country's youth. So no more Simpsons primetime or Futurama. Didn't translate very well into Chinese. No. Didn't it? Have you seen it? It's all kind of... 
<laughs> that yeah. was a terrible Chinese. Yeah, impression. I didn't get I didn't get any of the jokes when I saw it. <laughs> I got none of the jokes. No, I had the same problem. Uh, TV wrestling has been linked to date violence, according to uh, correspondents of the Australian from New York. And the correspondents are from New York. The Australian mm-hmm. is a newspaper here. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, high school boys and girls in particular who regularly watch pro wrestling television seem to be more likely than non-viewers to get into fights with their partners when they're on dates. Like physical fights? I, it seems so. It seems they're more likely... A bit of a pile driver to over, a, over the, the horses doovers. Laying the smack down. A bit of biffo on the date because of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go what? The, go the figure four leg lock. <laughs> could it not be? Could it not be more along the lines that the people who are more inclined to watch TV wrestling are also more inclined to be violent in romantic situations? Ah, now you're thinking chicken and egg. See, mm. this, this is what I, I just think it's it's just that you know they could also say people who are more violent on dates tend to like. You know, wrestling. that's just the demographic. If that was a bad thing, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Just, that would be news. That's wrestling's yeah. demographic. So now they know who to advertise to. <laughs> 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 and, just, and that's the cleanest joke I could make. <laughs> I just like the police, you know, there's been a complaint about some sort of date violence in the place. Do you watch wrestling? Yep. Uh, thought so. That'd be it. Mm. That'd be it. So, yeah, I don't think there's necessarily cause and effect there. I just think it just happens to be. <laughs> that's Oz- not so much news That just happens to be Ozstar and presumably Foxtel subscribers Will be receiving a letter in the coming days Stating that the Fox Footy Channel Will close on September 30 uh, To quote from the letter The Fox Footy Channel have informed us That as of 30th of September Their current AFL broadcast rights expire From this date the channel will no longer be carried on Ozstar But I'm guessing that Fox The content from Fox Footy will now just be distributed over Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports 2. Well, I'll start... Uh, or the we'll new be, Fox we'll be Sports adding, 3. We'll, we'll be adding Fox Sports 3 and Fox Sports News. I mean, Fox Sports 3 is meant to be much more local sport, I believe. I could be, I could be mistaken about Fox that. Fox Sports News we already have. Quite mm-hmm. frankly, I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. I've, I've tried to watch it and I just can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would much rather have, say, Fox Sports 2 and sometimes get... A bit of news. A, a bit of news. Than have Fox Sports News that I just don't care about. Well, speaking of the uh, Foxtel football, apparently nothing at all has been sorted with Channel Ten and Channel Seven mm-hmm. in regards to the uh, to the two thousand and seven and onwards football season. Yep, and they're they're in exactly the same position they were in eight months ago. Nothing has been decided at all. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Well, the clocks are ticking. They are. They are. Apparently, Foxtel's offered a far less substantial deal than they were offering Channel 9 because they're getting less games and worse quality games. It's, it's, all, it's all still a fiasco and nothing's been decided. Meanwhile, the AFL are happily spending the money saying... Well, apparently the AFL have come out and said, we don't care either way, we get the money and, yeah. and all games will be broadcast under the, under the agreement. So whether 7 and 10 broadcast them all or whether Foxtel broadcasts them. And they're, and they're giving some of that money to the, uh, to the clubs. So hopefully that will trickle down to the players. That's the understanding. Hmm. And lastly, in the Box Cutters news, something about Al Jazeera Brett. 
Ah, yes. Uh, according to ABC Radio's World Today, Al Jazeera will launch in Australia in November. I, I, I'm not. That's that's as much information as I've got. I'm not sure if it's going to be cable or, or if it's just it's a bureau be cable, it? or yeah, it would ha- it would have to be cable. Yeah. Are they going to broadcast in in Arabic? Or, you you have no information on this. That's that is the full extent of what I have. Right. Let's speculate. <laughs> they're apparently they're apparently broadcasting Chinese Simpsons. Oh, really? Yeah, see, no one's going to get that. To the Chinese. They're, they're no, no, shooting it over from here. No, just to us. Are they going to be broadcasting <laughs> on a giant airship above Sydney, Brett? <laughs> yes, that's correct. That's I, I've, I've watched uh, Spanish Simpsons. And how's that? How's that? That was all right. The voices are all different, though. Oh, really? Yeah. That's always so, a bit so is, is the B-Man in English? I don't think the B-Man was in the episode that I saw, unfortunately. I wonder if it is. I've, uh, I, I, somehow I doubt it. <laughs> English uh, with a Spanish accent. <laughs> I've watched uh, uh, Everybody Loves Raymond in French. Oh, how was that? Uh, yeah, it's still shit. Yeah. I've watched yeah. Popeye in Italian. How was that? <laughs> it was all right. They have more syllables that they have to fit into the song. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like the aquamarine man or something. <laughs> Send in what shows you've seen in foreign languages to hooray at boxcutters.net. In the meantime, that is the Boxcutters News. No! This is uh, Jess McGuire, and you're listening to the lovely men of Box Cutters always here to helpfully inform you of any existence of photos of Britney Spears giving birth on all fours, clutching lion's heads. Love nothing better. Download the hell out of it. Welcome to the Box Cutters microphone, Mr. Ryan Shelton. Hi. One of the stars of Real Stories, which starts Tuesday night on Channel 10 at 9pm. Absolutely. Thanks for coming in. Hey, pleasure. Thanks for having me in. Now, before we talk about the show, would you like to be Ryan Boxcutter? Or Ribo? Uh, actually, Hamish calls me Ribo. Oh, well, there oh, you go. Yeah. It's perfect. It's definitely got to be Ribo. Well, that, well that, that's a perfect lead into what is Real Stories? Uh, Real Stories is a... Uh, it's a it's actually, a, it wasn't a perfect lead-in. It's the worst that's lead-in shit. ever <laughs> in the history of lead-ins. Uh, no, well, Real Stories is a show. It's a comedy show. And, well, we've labelled it a comedy show and then... Hopefully, we don't get proven wrong. <laughs> it's raising the bar quite a <laughs> it bit. It is yeah. raising the bar, yeah. No, it's a, it's, it's a half-hour show, and myself and um, Hamish Blake and Andy Lee, who are, who are comedians on, on, on radio as well, um, we, and myself and also Tim Bartley, who's the fourth member of our team, we've uh, written this show we, which is like a fake current affairs show I guess um, well it looks it looks like a real current affairs show there's Jen Adams who used to be a newsreader at Channel 7 and she uh, throws to these different stories there's sort of four stories in each episode and uh, myself and Hamish and Andy uh, are different characters in each story um, it's probably the best thing best way to explain it actually mm-hmm. yeah that's a, that's a pretty good sum how uh how much research did you have to do watching A Current Affair Today Tonight? Well, we actually didn't really do much at all because we kind of didn't... We didn't attack the show um, as being a satire of current affairs. Like We, we didn't really want to do that because we kind of... One, one of our real favourite shows is Frontline and we kind of didn't really want to do what they did because they did it so well and it was always, it was always going to be a hard thing to, to do that and will always be a hard thing to do after Frontline. So... 
we sort of attacked it from the angle of making stories that are interesting or different or unique about different weird people. And the only reason it really is in a current affairs format is because it was the best way we could think of of joining all these stories together. Because they 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 are like that. They are really profiles of individuals. Yeah, they're, they're more like three minute Australian story episodes. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them are, and they kind of have turned out to be about people. But we really originally they were just sort of ideas of of weird situations. Some sometimes weird people, but just weird situations about weird people doing weird things. Wow, what a wacky comedy <laughs> blurb! <laughs> now you, you've been working with uh, with Hamish and Andy from the get go. Yeah, yeah. Why is this uh, your first, you know, balanced role? Well, how come they haven't brought you in sooner? Um, Clearly, you're the talent of the show. <laughs> well, I think in the early days, we um, we did a show on Channel Thirty One in in uh, Melbourne. Um, called Radio Karate, which is the name of our production company as well. And that was like a just literally us stuffing about doing sketches and having like a live studio element. Uh, basically us trying to replicate the late show in the best way we could, we knew how. Um, but This it, is the, uh, the Degeneration Late Show? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, we, we, in that I was sort of a cast member as much as Hamish and Andy was as well. Um, so, but from there, things just kind of turned because they both started getting interested in radio mm-hmm. and um, they they sort of started, you know, exploring the options of going to Oz Stereo and, and becoming, I guess, you know, commercial radio hosts. Um, so, and so from so, there... So, elbowing you out of the group slowly. Well, no, yes. And so, <laughs> I, I just sort of stole their families and held them to ransom. <laughs> And I still have them. That's so. uh, that's showbiz. That's how it works, apparently. <laughs> and you weren't you weren't so interested in radio. Uh, no, I am interested in radio, but mm-hmm. um, I think I think they were just sort of they were at the time they were more interested in radio uh, mm-hmm. in, in early where I where I was sort of always more interested in sort of writing, mm-hmm. uh, writing for TV and also getting into TV. So that was always really my my focus. But radio is something that I, I really love, and I would like to do it. So yeah, hmm. and oh, you know what? I lost it, Brett. You got nothing. Every interview, come on, we, guys. Every interview we had, cut you got that nothing. box. Cut the box. You've got nothing. <laughs> well, I, one one question I had was: uh, uh, Do you specifically call it a, a uh, public affairs show as opposed to a current affairs show? Oh, we we our I guess our tagline for the show is Australia's fifth best public affairs program. The only reason being because there is the show called A Current Affairs, so we just thought public affairs is probably more genre rather than... It's less confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are eight episodes total. Yep. There are four stories per episode. Or Yeah, sometimes three. Sometimes three. So yeah. it's around, around about 35, 36 stories. It's about 30. Okay. About 30. I'll yeah. throw that question out the window. <laughs> no. Uh, so in, in getting together to write... This show mm-hmm. because it was it's pretty much a year in the making, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's about a year in the making. How many stories do you have to come up with? How many ideas do you, do you end up coming up with? What is your uh, paper to shooting ratio? Um, well, we we ended up shooting we ended up shooting probably about thirty thirty five stories. Yes, and uh, <laughs> so yeah, well done. Thanks. And three um, hit the cutting room floor in. In in post, just because 
they were you know either no good or didn't make sense or seemed too sketchy um, because we didn't we really wanted to make it even though it is quite a sketchy show as far as sketch comedy goes mm. um, we, we wanted to make it a little more genre in the genre rather than crazy wacky jokes mm. and ideas and things like that mm-hmm. because there's enough of that I think yeah did you have uh, did you have some idea we were just saying before the show that you're in episode one quite a lot but you're not in episode two did you have some idea of how all the sketches were going to fit together beforehand no I don't know we had no idea we, we, from the start we really just wanted to just be able to one of the great things about the show from from, a, from making it point of view is that we could just shoot a whole lot of stories and then at the end choose which ones go best together and yeah and you know because obviously some are stronger than other ones mm-hmm. so we could sort of hide the crap ones in amongst some of the good ones and hopefully people don't notice <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a great way to be promoting the show well <laughs> we've hidden the crap stories <laughs> no you've cut me yeah. off because I was going to say oh. there are no crap stories <laughs> now Hamish and Andy are, are no strangers to the cutthroat nature mm-hmm. of television comedy not at all because yeah. uh, for listeners who aren't aware, they had a show on Channel 7 that lasted for three episodes? Six. Six. Although they are on the record saying that they felt that they were actually too inexperienced to go into that situation at the time. And so since then they've had the chance to yeah. play around with it on radio and, and now they're, they're properly ready. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was one of those sort of situations where at, at, that, at that point they were kind of thrown into this massive opportunity and you... If that's what you're into, you'd kind of be silly to turn back a network opportunity like that. So it was one of those situations where like, you can't really say no. They didn't really have the clout to throw any weight around or anything like that. Um, we, we Hamish and Andy, they didn't produce the show at all. It was, it was an, another production company doing it. Um, so it, it, that perception really came across that these two young kids have, have their own show. Because um, because how it actually started, it's a really crazy story. Actually, um, is it is it actually a crazy story, or are you probably it up crazier much? to me, R- right? <laughs> rather than anyone who doesn't really care. But <laughs> what 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 happened was, you remember Big Bite, the Channel Seven sketch show? Oh uh, yep. yes, with that, Chris um, Lee with Chris. Yeah, yeah. So that was sort of they looked to put that into a second series, and they, Channel Seven wanted to do that again. Um, so they rehired sort of the core popular cast from Big Bite, said to them, okay, you know, there's going to be a great, a great another opportunity for you. It's going to be a second series of Big Bite. We're really excited. Then also the production company that had been brought in to make this Big Bite 2 um, had sort of slightly different ideas of how they wanted this series to be. So they went on the hunt for some other um, cast members and writers to, to maybe give it a slightly different edge. And they found uh, us... And they looked, They saw our Channel 31 show, and I guess they quite liked it. Um, Hamish and Andy went in for an audition um, to, to be on the show. They became part of the cast, and a pilot was made with an ensemble cast, with those two and then the rest of the Big Bite people. Um, excuse me. Um, and, and then from there, I guess Channel 7 really liked Hamish and Andy, and everyone seemed to really like Hamish and Andy, for, for good reason. They're talented boys, I think, and uh, and so and so became You're contractually obliged to say that <laughs> they've got a small gun pointed at my face mm-hmm. just at the moment. Um, so so it all of a sudden became the Hamish and Hamish and Andy's big bite, or some, whatever the title was back then. 
and then from there it became Hamish and Andy. So, so you know that 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 created some sort of tension within the cast and within in the production, as you can imagine. Right. Mm. So it was it was just one of those projects that was it was sort of doomed. No. Yeah, it was it was one of those things where, you know. People think that they can just put all these people, different people together in the one room and go, you be friends and make great comedy. Well, it just doesn't work like that. Which is, yeah. And that's not the first time Channel 7 did that, and it wasn't the last time Channel 7 did that. Yeah, uh, I, th- I mean, all networks do it. It's, it's one of those things. It's not a Channel 7 thing, I don't think, but, but they, have, they, they have done it before, yeah. Mm. And, uh, and so when the three of you or the four of you are, are talking about going into to doing network comedy... Mm-hmm again mm. did you ever have second thoughts of going well you know networks well, yeah. they're a bit tough and yeah of, of course like even now we're still they are tough but you know we, we're also we also understand where they're coming from a lot more than we did um you, we've we've you know we've come to terms with the fact that they are actually running a business and they they want to make money and that's fine because that's that's the point of their jobs and that's what they need to do to to keep the network up and running not to say that they shouldn't be also making good programming. That's it's you know hopefully you can do both, and that's the idea. But um, sorry, I've totally gone off topic. What was the actual question? Uh, something about comedy and networks and how oh, bad yeah. they are. Yeah, sorry. No, so so this time round we were a lot more wary, and we we sort of knew that if we wanted to do it again, we really wanted to sort of do it on our terms, or as much as on our terms as we really could, and not be so much at the mercy of of other people which which is what everyone hopes for um so we managed to sort of team up with roving enterprises which is where i work which is where you work just for declaration purposes yep um and so yeah so that they they believed in us and they and they saw a, a short film that we made which was a little mockumentary type thing um and was was this the one that was in the uh, comedy festival yeah short film festival yes that was that was hilarious that, yeah, well, that was that was that one that one. Well, yeah, sorry, it wasn't just in it. It won, it won. <laughs> now, it listen, bloody well. This, for, for for people who haven't seen it, and you can still catch it on the Comedy Channel on Foxtel really? every now and then. Yeah, they chuck it around. Oh my god! When, because you know they own it essentially. They do. Uh, they they chuck it in every, every now and then. This was about a, a married couple who bought uh, a house because they loved the house so much, but it was a demo house, like an AV Jennings style. Uh, demo house and therefore nothing worked a la um, uh, Arrested Development yeah much. exactly like that but but before that bef- well that was Arrested Development was probably already on in America but we didn't see it until we finished uh, no no it wasn't it, I don't, oh, wasn't I don't, I don't think it was oh okay I don't know with, uh, with Real Stories were you tempted to go with a laugh track no not at all mm-hmm. no no we um, we I hate laugh tracks mm-hmm. uh, I, I think I just think that they're um, not old-fashioned, but just not what we wanted to do. It just didn't match our show. But do you think, I think uh, old-fashioned works well. For yeah, track. but it, it does Shit. work with some shows. It does work with some shows. There's, a, there's a new show in. Um, there's a new show that just started in in Britain called the IT Crowd. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, I th- I think the laugh track really detracts from that. Oh, you don't like it? No, this is from the guy who made Father Ted. Oh, okay, and uh, I. Th- I think it would be a lot funnier without... I think things generally are a lot funnier without a laugh track. See, I, mm. I, I kind of, over the last couple of years, I've felt like the sort of the, the, the sitcom, the traditional sitcom has kind of, you know, died a bit and it's kind of gotten repetitive. But I reckon the IT crowd has actually made it work. 
Okay. It's very, you know, it's obviously shot in the studio and it's obviously, it's got a lot, it's got a, I don't know if it's got an audience or not, but there is a laugh track. But um, I, I just think it works. It was kind of refreshing to see a good sitcom. Mm. And I just wanted to say with the laugh track, uh, what did you think when The Wedge came on? Um, well, I mean, I, I've only seen a couple of episodes of The Wedge. I saw, mm-hmm. saw the first couple of episodes and... Um, it's more than most. <laughs> and uh and look you know the wedge the wedge um serves its purpose and the wedge, the wedge for, for a lot of people a lot of people love the wedge and you know less and less and less every week according to the ratings right well <laughs> i guess you know but then there's also a lot of those people that love the wedge will probably maybe not like our show mm-hmm. so it's one of those things that not everyone's going to like everything yeah and um but uh with your show so far down the development track with the wedge come when the wedge mm-hmm. came on did did that give you any pause for thought or um or did you just kind of go oh yeah another another sketch show on channel 10 that's fine yeah well we, we didn't feel like it was competition or like we yeah. didn't feel as feel like anything was being you know i guess you asking if it was like cannibalizing no no i'm just i'm just interested to know I, I think if if you know if i was developing a show and i was that far down the line i think uh yeah i think I'm just interested to know what what sort of response you would have to to a, uh, what from a from a far point of view would seem like quite a similar show. I think they're they're obviously quite different shows, but from from a from a distance perspective, I'd say they'd be quite similar. Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, we, when it started, we were sort of hoping and praying that it would work, and we were hoping and praying that it would do really well because no one wins if Australian comedy goes bad. Yeah. You know, it's mm. just, everyone's got to kind of, it's such a hard thing to crack in Australia because there's some, so much good overseas stuff, obviously. So you've really, I think everyone's just got to kind of look out for each other really and just make sure that, and just make sure that everything goes well. Because if the wedge goes great, that that means, you know, Channel 10 and Channel 9 and Channel 7 are going to be more willing to put money into Australian mm. comedy. and yeah, which, which is so important. Yeah. I think. yeah. Yeah, which which sure. we recently saw with uh, the quiz monkey scenario That's after midnight, quiz. yeah, with uh, the up late game show doing so well for oh, Channel made, Ten. Oh yeah, it did really well. And didn't uh, it? and then nine and seven started quiz monkey and. Uh, What's Quiz Monkey? Uh, that's just my name for both quiz those shows. Quiz Monkey and <laughs> and Midnight Clone. Oh, Midnight Clone, yes. <laughs> and uh, so you, you know the idea of, of that happening with with television comedy would be magnificent mm. uh, because. It's been a long time since networks have had really, truly successful comedies that we could be proud of. Yeah, I think it's just sort of taking a long time. I think the thing is that um, it's really... I think it's hard for networks to uh, take big risks because they've only got a certain amount, I guess, of money to put aside. They've, they've got a certain amount of points they need to, to meet um, each year. And, and, and they're chicken. Sorry? They're chicken. Well, they're... I, I think I don't know if they're chicken, but so much they've, they've only got a certain amount of money. I think I think it, it, all of everything pretty much comes down to money oh, yeah. at networks. Um, you know, and we I used to argue till I was blue in the face that you know ma- why would you do it for the money? Don't do it for the money. You got to just make good shows. And I used to you know I used to convince myself that that was the case, but it's not. They want to make good. They want to make shows that people watch and advertisers buy for. Or yeah, buy for yeah. But um, you know, at the end of the day, that they don't really mind whether they like the show or not. Yeah, well, that's it's that's the truth, really. The uh, which the, is fine. And I know that you have no control over this at all. I I find it quite interesting though that Ten have put the wedge in as a lead-in to Real Stories mm-hmm. because they are such different shows that it it seems to me to be another 
indication. Have they? Yeah. When, when's real stories on? It's on nine o'clock, isn't it? Yep. Wedge is on eight o'clock. Not next week. It's changing to eight thirty. Oh, really? They're going yeah. Simpsons, Futurama, Wedge. Oh, okay. Us. Yep. Oh, that'll that'll muck up the uh, loyal Wedge audience. They won't know where to watch. No. In fact, in fact, your general loyal wedge audience is uh, around about 12 years old, so maybe they'll be in bed. <laughs> well, see, this, this was going to be my point, that the, the wedge audience is such a young audience mm. and Real Stories is a much more grown-up comedy. I, I'm wondering how that's going to translate. I think, I think it'll be... Uh, look, I hope that it'll be okay. I think people... I know what you mean, um, but I think people like comedy if people like comedy they will probably sit down to watch maybe i don't know if they'll be ready for us after already an hour and a half of comedy <laughs> from the simpsons futurama and, and the wedge but hopefully the only other the other on the other channels i think are like all saints and csi i think yeah. we're up against mm-hmm. so maybe look, ncis one of it's them. one of those one of those one some acronym show i think ncis is 10 it is 10 Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's definitely, so it's not, definitely that. not that. <laughs> yeah, otherwise we'd be in trouble. <laughs> Maybe they're squeezing it. <laughs> it's a squeeze on two shows. Um, yeah. So look, I, I don't think it's a it's a massive problem. I think even though our, our humour is maybe different than the wedge, I think there's a lot of twelve year olds who love Hamish and Andy as well, and you know they would probably like both. And hopefully some of the wedge audience, uh, some of the rove audience tuning in half an hour earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, so, that'd be great. Yeah. If yeah. you are a rove watcher, just get home earlier. Turn on the TV. <laughs> what are you doing out on a Tuesday night? That's what I want to know. Absolutely. And who do you like more, Hamish or Andy? Um, I, I don't. I don't really like either of them. Oh right. Yeah, I think. I <laughs> no, think no. Seriously, who do you like more? <laughs> well, no, I, I, I probably don't have. I don't have favourites really yeah, with, you, with you, my kids. Every, you do really. Come on. Well, I've, I've I've known Hamish for a lot longer. Ah. So you like so you like Andy. So yeah, so Hamish has driven me up the wall now. Yeah. So yeah. actually, I was surprised at uh, how much taller in real life uh, Hamish is than he seems on TV. They, they mm. both are. I haven't, I haven't met Andy, but yeah, they're they're really tall actually, and you, you don't really notice because whenever they're next to each other, they're both kind of similar heights, so you don't really think that they're both they're both massive, but they they are quite tall. Yeah, mm. yeah it's a, maybe it's time to cut them down to size. Mm. But I'm I'm twice the size of them, so I'm re- obviously, as <laughs> you can see, I'm finding it quite hard to sit in the chair. It, it, it does. It makes it a bit awkward when you're on screen together as as well. Yeah, I've noticed. Oh, uh, there's a lot of a lot of milk crates. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, what's next for you, for you Ryan? Um, Cleo Bachelor of the Year. What's uh? Well, obviously. No, um, I don't know. I'm trying to do a f- few things. Like I'm, I'm going on. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I went on. Did Tony Martin does a show on Triple M called Get This, and mm-hmm. I co-hosted that, and I'm doing that again in a couple of weeks. So oh, cool. That's uh, a that's a good show. I I like it a lot. I we we got a mention on that show. Did you really? No. Well, <laughs> vaguely, vaguely. <laughs> well, yeah. No, I'm just going to kind of try and keep getting doing that sort of stuff and developing new shows and just praying by my bed that Real Stories goes okay. And so Real Stories, 9 o'clock, Channel 10. Tuesday night. Tuesday night, starting Tuesday, the 22nd of August. And you August. can uh, jump on realstories.com.au for uh, extra stuff as well. <gasps> Excellent. Mm. Thanks, for, thanks for joining us, Ryan. Hey, thanks for having me, Box Cutters. Hi, I'm Josie Pirelli from Chart Busting 80s, and you're listening to the guys on Box Cutters. Coming up in box... What? Russ. I was just wondering if that was twice or three times you played it. It was just twice. Oh, it was just then, twice? Yeah. It wasn't the three times? Yeah. Because, because we, this <laughs> is episode 48. Yep. You, you do it three times for 72. <laughs> yes. Right. Coming I can't up, wait for that. If, if you're not sure why we're doing this joke, listen back to episode 24. <laughs> 
coming up on Box. Well, I, yeah, I don't give a crap. Bunch of stuff that talked about at the beginning of the show that's coming up later in Box Cutters. <laughs> hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the Box Cutters in mind. Box Cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. And speaking of esoteric... Well, a few months ago, we actually had to record the show early one Thursday night. Viewers will probably remember this because the podcast probably came in a little earlier this week, that week. And uh, the reason was that Brett was going off to audition for a brand new quiz show. Is this that? Well, I don't know. I don't think it is. How many quiz shows could Channel 7 have in the... Quiz show. It is a quiz show coming out of. Uh, it is a quiz show coming out of Melbourne. I'll ask you formally. Do you think A. This is the same quiz show, or B. It isn't the same quiz show. B. The question was. Do I have to lock it in? Do you lock it think in, it is the same quiz show? The two responses were. <laughs> it's that sort of show. Oh, this really? one. Really? Yeah. It's it's called the Master. And it's kind of like a bit of a cross between Temptation and Millionaire with a little bit of the pantomime of The Weakest Link I heard there's a bit of trash talking between the contestants. Well, the master kind of sits on a big red chair and he basically just... There's five contestants and each round they get rid of one contestant and the master sits and watches and makes notes about them and also tries to decide you know, what category would be good to go into the final round with whoever makes it through to the end. Is, is, the, is the master a regular human or is it a famous person? Or is it the, the autopsy guy from in the fedora from uh, Anatomy for Beginners? <laughs> or, where, did, where did that come from? I, I don't know. You or, could have at least said the master from Doctor Who. Yeah, that's what I was going to go with. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I talked about it last week on the show. It's an ex-who wants to be a millionaire oh. champion. One of them involved with the cheating. Possibly involved with the cheating. So it's the English one that cheated. I think he's... There was only one case of cheating. Right. That took off the mill. I I thought it was Australian, and that's why I got confused. I... Somebody said he cheated. I have no idea with whether he cheated or not. The the yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was with this. That was with the Australian. He was one of two people I thought to win Australian, possibly cheated. Anyway, he, he he's basically there to kind of make snard sarcastic snooty comments about the uh, about the people who are in and it's hosted by Mark Burnett who if you're a regular Mark, s- Mark Burnett Mark Beretta thank you that's the one Beretta <laughs> Mark Beretta uh, who is the uh, is the sports guy from Sunrise you sure why not yeah he might as well be the weatherman you know but uh, no, yeah. Grant, Grant Daniel's the weatherman from that's the point I'm trying to kind of make. This tiny, was, tiny Grant Daniel. They've obviously, they've obviously, uh, they've obviously purchased this concept from overseas, and it was literally five minutes in, and the master made his first round of sarcastic comments, and Mark Beretta said, "Oh, you're so bitter and twisted, master, as usual." <laughs> So obviously, though, they're thinking oh this is the sort of, you know, we want we want people to think, oh, the master's bad and evil, but they're kind of jumping into the pool feet first, as if as if the show's been on the air for for a couple of weeks already. Welcome when back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When it's uh, likely not to make it on air that long, from from what we hear, uh, in the. Um, 
the final round though is where they get to go up against the master and so the the initial rounds are kind of like fast money and you know you just answer as many questions uh, buzzer in and answer as many questions as possible and the one with the lowest score gets kicked off until you till you end up with this one person with the master but unfortunately then it goes into millionaire style thinking out the questions out loud it, the master gets to choose the topic you have to get the first person to get five correct answers wins uh and if if somebody if a contestant beats the master in theory they become the next master oh. right but the given have a chance. given how much publicity the they've done to this master I'm guessing that perhaps Brett, you would have been a bit overqualified if this was the show you tried out for. They didn't. They didn't have the. Uh, they didn't have the highest proportion of rocket surgeons <laughs> on the show last night. Uh, this was, uh, yeah, this was particularly evident in the thinking out section, where the master who does have that millionaire kind of thinking out thing down pat and can work the answers out sounded quite intelligent. The contestant. Perhaps a little less so. She was asked, which is the biggest in area, Arizona, Iowa, or Kansas? And her logic went a little like, well, I know that Iowa's known for potatoes, and I know that Kansas was from the Wizard of Oz, so I'm going to say Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) Now That that reminds me of of Mo. Yeah. When when Mo said... What does he say? Well, I was I was born in Oklahoma, so I know that's not it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and I mean, maybe I shouldn't be poo-pooing her uh, her her logic because she got the question right. But but I'm guessing it was a, a little more through luck than through good management. <laughs> maybe she's thinking, well, maybe it would be a state I haven't heard of. Yeah. And I haven't heard of Arizona. <laughs> yeah, there was no potatoes was, or famous movie. <laughs> and had she watched Alice, the old sitcom, ooh, she would have been in trouble then. Yeah, So she it was set have. in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. Oh, Raising Arizona. Yeah, that's yeah, well, there's, true. There's that's that too, true. yeah. Uh, and there was something a bit wrong with the audience too for this show. The audience were on some kind of amphetamines or at least kind of laughing gas. They, this audience was, was it a real audience? It was a real audience and they were buzzed, but not from anything that the show was giving out that I could see. So I think, and I think they're trying to make it so, you know, they'll more like a pantomime. So when the master says nasty things, the audience will, yeah, they'll, they'll boo and hiss and, and cheer and whatever. It's a strange kind of mess. If you, if you like quiz shows, you'll probably like it. Right. Except that Brett, you've got some rumor and speculation. Yeah. Something I was going to go in with the news, but ran out of time. Um, It's unconfirmed. But apparently the master has been cancelled and Forensic Investigators is back at 8.30 next week, followed by TV. Cancelled already? Gee, they, they really don't give things much time. I, I mean, believe it hit something like 778,000. Yeah, but you know what? It, it doesn't matter. They, they should know ahead of time that it's crap. Are they, are they not actually doing but, test but, screenings? But it's, it's not crap. Uh, how do you mean they should know ahead of time that it's crap? It's, it's a quiz show. If they you like do... quiz shows, you'll like it. It's not that much different to Millionaire. It's not that much different to The Weakest They should do so... audience research with the specific show that they're, that they're going to put on. It's, I, it's like I, I have to say, they've I... actually used a broadcast as that audience research, I, I... and everybody who watched it, eh, the small number of people eh. that watched it, are actually saying the same thing, sort of I, things I, that you were saying. I have to disagree. How, how, why can't you build an audience? You can build an audience. 
this is what I'm saying. They either need to test the shows that they do. Yeah. So that if if they test well, they go, well, we've got faith that in three weeks' time, people would have told other people and they'll be watching this show. Do you think they didn't test it? Um, Television's a lot of money. They would have had to build the set, pay all these people. They're not going into it thinking... Well, if it doesn't work, we're going to can it first. Well, first show. Clearly, and, they are. And three quarters of a million isn't isn't that drastic a, a figure. Clearly, they are thinking that. though. But for the promo and for the what time was it on? It was eight, on eight thirty. Eight thirty. Maybe they should have put their spicks and specs imitation up against maybe spicks and specs. Because what? Otherwise, why are they? Why are they doing it? Why would they take a show off one week in? Well, that's what I'm saying. It, it's ridiculous. It's it's where the, it's where all the TV stations are at. We're not talking Yasmin, where they're doing five days a week of live television, which you can understand why they would cut that and that that would be very expensive. Give this a chance to build. Well, put it as, put I, it as a lead into deal or no deal. Yeah, I I agree. Mm. I agree. But clearly, there's something wrong with their business practices. If they're spending all this money and then they're just wasting it, yeah, because they also would have had had to spend a lot of money on the license. I'm guessing. Yeah, I'd guess so. And then there was quite a bit of promotion for both Mark Beretta and uh, and the Master. Yeah, so I really, mm. I don't, I don't get it. Let's, I'll try to find out. Of course, I'll get no answer other than it's a programming change, but I'll try to find out. Box I want to talk a little bit about uh, Seinfeld. As uh, you boys probably know, and by now the listeners at home probably know, I'm a big Seinfeld fan. Uh, But Channel 10 haven't done Seinfeld any favours over the years with the way they've screened it, I tend to think. They uh, usually screen it as a filler in the 7pm time slot. Yes. Now, the problem with that is Seinfeld has a lot of adult content. Yes. Which means that about half the episode's don't get shown at all, and the ones that do get shown often have some sort of editing to try and make them G-rated so that they can be on at 7 o'clock at night. Uh, now, I've been watching, as I said a few weeks ago, they've kind of been using it as a filler all over the all over the schedule recently, but they've been showing it regularly on Saturday afternoons between sort of one thirty and 3, those, that sort of time, which is great, usually a double episode. A few weeks ago, they showed the Mackinac Peaches episode, which is the one where Jerry's family destroys the hotel room, and it's got one of the yes. great one of the great final lines of Seinfeld, where uh, Elaine goes in to survey the damage, and Uncle Leo's there, and Uncle Leo, as he walks out of the bedroom, looks at Elaine and says, "They said they were sending over an Asian woman," <laughs> which is yeah, fantastic end to an episode, and Elaine kind of just. Stands there, deadpan, going, "Oh my god!" Now, in the in the episode I saw on Saturday afternoon, this was cut out. No, right. no, no great surprises there. Obviously, it's not as funny. Elaine walks into the hotel room and then just looks at Uncle Leo and says, "Oh my god!" Kind of doesn't really make mm. sense, but it's it's no big surprise that they cut that out. The big surprise was the next episode they showed was the Facili Jerry. Yes. The Facili Jerry is the one where Putty steals Jerry's sexual move. It's all about sexual moves and proctology. Kramer gets... Oh, the ass man. Kramer gets the ass man number plate. Are they all in the one episode? That's all in the one what episode. What a great episode. It ends up with uh, Jerry Stiller, um, George's dad, Frank Costanza. 
sitting on the pasta sculpture of Jerry and uh, having to be rushed to the proctologist. Now, this is one of the missing episodes. This is one of the episodes that they never show at 7 o'clock at night. Yes. Simply because they they can't, obviously. It's all about sex. Uh, And I would suggest that every single element in this in this episode, in style, tone, and content, is worse than the comment Uncle Leo makes at the end of the previous episode. Well, there's there's that whole scene in, in that episode where George has written moves down on his hand. Yeah, he's got cheat notes. And uh, <laughs> and so there's actually a scene where he's having sex. There's, and there's a couple his- of scenes, because uh, before he has the cheat notes, he's getting it all wrong. <laughs> and she's not happy. Now, now this, this is the point. How can they... St- not show an episode at 7 o'clock for content reasons and yet show it at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. On a Saturday? On a Saturday. See, I would understand if it was on a weekday. Well, because yeah. Because they're, you know, that's a PG time slot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but on a Saturday, I don't think it is. On a Saturday, leading in, I believe, to their, uh, leading into their, you know, their kids' footy show. Maybe they just assume that, Almost nobody's going to be watching two o'clock on a Maybe. on a Saturday, but at Seinfeld. Yeah, well, I agree. Yeah, it's odd. It is odd. So, what were you doing watching it two o'clock on Saturday afternoon? I, I actually taped it. I, I took a, I took a leaf out of your book and I and I taped it. But I. But I, even I don't tape daytime television. If, if it's Seinfeld, <laughs> my poor wife goes nuts at me. Why are you taping Seinfeld? How many times have you seen it? <laughs> but you know, it's Seinfeld. Haven't you got it all on DVD? They haven't released them all. And I haven't, I, like, I haven't downloaded them, but they, they've only released Series 1 to 5, and if I'm not mistaken, this is Series 8. Right. And how many series were there in total? Maybe, uh, I don't know, there was 190-something episodes. Right. Someone, do the maths, email us, hooray at boxcutters.net. Maybe nine. Maybe nine. I'm going to go with nine. All right. We really do need a thing for this for this. Oh, it's going to come. It's going to come. I have it at least. I was going to come. A quote this week from Mr. Sorry, from Mr. Todd McKenney, host of Spicks and Specs ripoff, which its name. Oh, you may be right. You may be right. That's right. I think the full title of this is "You May Be Right." Ripping off Spicks and Specs was a bad idea. Uh, but uh, Todd McKenney's a bit uh, come out and said that uh, I've got to be me. I can't be sanitised because we're going to have Dancing with the Stars on at the same time. And I can't be that guy who on Dancing with the Stars is being all tough and brutal and honest. And then on Sunday nights, be the candy man on You May Be Right. The audience won't buy it. I'll tell you what the audience won't buy. <laughs> The audience won't buy you, Todd, as a star. Get the fuck off our screens. Go back and do your little stupid song and dance numbers as you do. I'm so sick of networks deciding who they think they can make stars of. This happens with Scott Cam on Channel 9. It happens with stupid Joe Stanley on Channel 10 and Channel 9. Just fuck off. We so don't need you on our screens. You're in a shit imitation of Spicks and Specs. I, I seriously think Frizy would be better in that role. He would be. He would the, be. He's, he's a terrible host, Todd McKenna. He's terrible. Todd McKenney, whatever his name is. Anyway, I uh, I thought 
I, I thought maybe I should lighten the mood. So a little bit of another quote. This one's a bit of gold from Homer. Uh, well, not from Homer, but about Homer. The, uh, the FBI were going through his mail. And uh, as they went through his mail, they came up with this. Most people write letters to movie stars. This guy writes letters to movies. Dear Die Hard, you rock. Especially that bit when the guy was on the roof. <laughs> P.S. Do you know Mad Max? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. That's Yeah, that's really brought the mood up. Thank you. <laughs> Tom Elliott here from a variety of different media organisations, 3RRR, 3AW, Channel 7, Mornings with Kerry ann Inside Business on a Sunday with Alan Kohler. I like to spread myself around and so should you. Listen to the box cutters on the internet or any other media you can find them. I think it's educational. I think it's fascinating. I think you might even learn something you didn't know before. Listen to the box cutters. I always do. I want to talk quickly about uh, a couple of Mark Burnett productions, uh, both on mm-hmm. Foxtel, one of them, uh, Rockstar Supernova. And the Rockstar other- Pending. Yeah, Rockstar Pending. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. You're just not right for our band, Pending. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and The Contender, uh, just quickly with, uh, with Rockstar Pending, mm-hmm. there's a great drinking game you can play. Every time one of the uh, band members or hosts mm-hmm. say awesome, you take a shot. Ah. By the end of any one episode, you will be on the floor <laughs> unable to get up for a few days. So this works for both shows? Uh, no, no, this, this works just, oh, for, just for Supernova. Super pending. Yep. Super, super pending <laughs> Nova. Rockstar, just not right for our band in excess. Uh, yeah, sometimes there are double awesomes. Oh, really? That was awesome. I just really thought that was totally awesome. <laughs> so you need the shots lined up. You, you do, because there's not enough time to pour. <laughs> yeah. And uh, The Contender, which uh, last season, if anyone will remember, I just loved. Mm-hmm. I loved the pants off it. It was the perfect combination of drama and boxing and heart-wrenching human stories. Mm-hmm. That was on CBS, and it didn't do very well on CBS. So ESPN have bought it. Oh, and this okay. most recent yeah. series is the one that's showing on ESPN, where they don't have the same budget. Yes. So they don't have the families living in LA just a few blocks away from the boxes. Mm-hmm. So you don't get to understand how emotional these boxes are with regard to their families. They don't have Sylvester Stallone. They don't have any of the challenges. They don't have any of that... Any of the emotion that mm-hmm. made the first series of Contender that great. Uh, this is probably the most disappointing second series of uh, any Mark Burnett production. Okay. I, mm. I would say. It's... Uh, yeah, now I just tune in for the fights at the end. Okay. And then, you know, because I, I like watching that, then I go out on dates. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit of uh, scheduling news that I didn't get to during the news. Uh, Smallville has been axed by the 10 Network. Oh. Uh, it's uh, apparently just not strong enough. Uh, putting in what well, David Tench needs a stronger lead in. Um, so they're going to be repeating Simpsons before... Oh, Tens. really? Yes. <laughs> Jeez, uh, it's Channel 10's Ten. answer to everything. Well, I mean, repeating. I mean, you've got Law and Order on four times a week, I think. 
the you know that's they're, they're really they're really struggling. I think Channel Ten. Yeah. Staying with Ten. Uh, thank God you're here. Is returning on September sixth. Okay. Uh, and uh, there's two blackjack shows uh, movies coming yes. up. Blackjack four and five uh, this Sunday and next Sunday. Co-created by. 10. Sean McAuliffe. Sean McAuliffe. Yeah. Uh, if anyone remembers me talking about the last Blackjack uh, telly movie, it was Shizen. Hey, I, I uh, saw, um, I heard, I should say, Brian Nankervis on uh, Triple R's Radiothon. Oh, yeah. And he was bagging Nova again. He was bagging Vega on our... Sorry, oh, bagging oh. Vega again. Well, actually, one yeah. of our listeners did send in a, an audio clip from uh, talking to Tony Martin on yes. his show. Yes. Um, talking about us. Talking yes. about uh, the podcast being... Un- unfortunately. Unfortunately, he didn't actually mention us. Mentioned us, us yes. by name, just said a podcast. But thanks uh, for the plug, Brian. <laughs> I kind of stumbled across uh, Shipwrecked the other night, late night, Channel oh, yeah. 9. Yep. Um, I can't even think now when it was. I did watch it all the way through and thought it was okay. But What, uh, what is it? Apparently, it has been axed. It's an uh, English uh, Sharks versus Tigers survivor ripoff. Right. Bunch of young uh, UK people. What, what is put on, Chuck, put on two, two islands. What is Chucks like versus can, Tigers? Sharks name? versus Tigers. Oh, Sharks like versus that's a tribe names. Right. Yeah. I no. thought it was Chucks like Super Wipes. No. Versus Tigers. And I thought, oh, okay. The that's, tiger. That's no defence. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's been a bit of fuss in the local papers here in Melbourne uh, just today about extras and the fact that the ABC didn't screen the first episode of extras mm-hmm. yeah. first. Now. I'm not sure because uh, mine came to me through various channels, but the one that mine came through was in the same order. Well, at least had the Ben Stiller episode as the first episode. I thought that was the first one. And that's the order that I saw saw them in. And so I did a bit of research on the net, which I know is kind of unheard of for (gasps) this show. Uh, Research? What's what's the net? (laughs) But apparently the Vinnie Jones episode, which is episode two, did screen first in uh, in Britain. But in America, the uh, sex one. What's, What's her name? Oh, uh, the one Kate, you liked. Kate Winslet. The Kate Winslet one screened first. Right. So I think maybe they're just switching around depending on which country you're in. They just show a different one first. Maybe. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, so that yeah, that's interesting. Also, uh, on October 3rd, Veronica Mars is premiering. Is premiering. The, 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 new, season. the new season. The new season. The new season's premiering. Excellent. October 3rd being the date that Veronica's friend Lily was killed. <gasps> Excellent. So that's that's, that's yeah, good. that's that's nice. Yeah, that's nice. I you know what I I really like Veronica Mars. I think it's uh, uh, it's it's probably the the Buffy replacement that we needed. It's it's not doing so well here, but lots of people do like it. But uh, yeah, apparently it's not doing such great things for Channel Ten. I think one one of the big problems is that uh, Channel Ten have aimed it at a much younger audience than it than it needs. I think it's. Actually, I mean, all the actors mm. are in their mid to late twenties, yep. playing high school students. Yep. The writing is obviously by people in their uh, mid twenties to to mid thirties, mm-hmm. because it's the way that we speak, and mm-hmm. uh, it it really doesn't matter what age they're supposed to be. Uh, it's a really fun show, really worth uh, checking out, and definitely, I agree with Joss Whedon. 
there's a surprise, but uh, it really does pick up after the the first half of the first series. It does change tack a little bit and just becomes quite compelling viewing. Okay. Okay. Speaking of compelling viewing, uh, we're three episodes through the new series of Curb Your Enthusiasm on Channel 9. And I have to say, we were talking last week about a possible drop in quality of Curb. I have to say last that after the first three episodes, there is no sign yet of a drop in quality. The first three episodes have been gold. Okay, not that I would notice. Maybe I'll have to watch Curb Your Enthusiasm with you one time and you can tell me where... <laughs> Point out the jokes. <clears throat> yeah, why, why it's good. <laughs> the living laugh track. Yeah. Um, let's, let's try that. Anyway, that music's been going for quite some time. We should probably get out of here. It's been Box Cutters episode 48. I want to say thanks to our guest, Ryan Shelton. You can check mm-hmm. him out as part of Real Stories starting August 22nd on Channel 10 at 9 o'clock. I want to say thanks very much to 3 R for letting us use their studios, especially during the busy time of Radiothon. Subscribe, 9388 Or rrr.org.au. Or, uh, you know, just send us an email and we can point you in the right direction. It's like $97,000 worth of prizes and yeah. discounts. And yeah, it's, it's worth doing. They treat us really nicely. They do. Uh, you know, we don't have to sneak in here to use it, which I think mm. is a, a big bonus. Uh Enjoy whichever you choose to watch, David Tench or Celebrity Survivor. Let us know what decision you made. Eh. (laughs) Let us know what decision you made. Hooray at boxcutters.net. Check out the blog at boxcutters.net. My name is Josh Canal. I continue to be Ross McQueen. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Tune in next week, same bat time, same bat channel. I have nothing left to say. (laughs) And that's Brett Cropley. And hey. I'm Brett Cropley. (laughs) And hey. Let's be careful out there.